Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, pubiet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a brilliant episode for you today with an exceptional guest, author, adventurer, and so much more. Trey Humphreys joins the show. Few things are more enjoyable than meeting someone new for the first time who gets you, who likes the same things. It's a validation of your own interests when you hear that someone else is the same kind of weird as you. It's a cohesive bond when you can say the sentence, no way, you like that? I thought I was the only one. It's a lovely feeling to know someone else shares your passions for life, and it makes you want to learn more and find ways in which you can learn from the person and maybe expose you to new aspects of your own interests that you previously hadn't seen before. I know that for me, chatting with people who like the same countries and musicians, who adore the same countries, enjoy common musical artists and foods, instantly piques my interest and makes the conversations flow extremely more casually. And on today's episode, I experienced just that. I found someone who was like me, and we instantly clicked. Who's Trey Humphreys? Well, according to him, he's an author, advisor, and extreme weirdo. In the past, he's been a professional mascot, DJ, bar owner, bus driver, promoter, host, speaker, and a below-average dancer. He got malaria in Somalia. He was attacked by chimpanzees in Zambia. Trapped in Panama and ate goat meat soup in Nigeria. Trey says Yemen was hot and Libya hotter. Now he helps people change, create new experiences, and travel as much as possible. Trey likes to ask the question, what would you be willing to give up to be fully alive? On today's episode, Trey talks about his new book, Love is Bananas, and what inspired its creation. Trey also talks about his diverse CV and how he's taken small aspects from each of his jobs and careers in the past and how that has all helped shape him who he is now. And finally, he shares with us some funny stories about some of his experiences traveling. This was such an impactful conversation for me. I was inspired and learned so much from him. I picked up his book during the interview and recently just raced through it. It was a perfect book to read while getting back on the plane for the first time. Stormed through it just over a few days. Love is Bananas is such a fun book. I think most importantly because it makes you think. And it makes you, especially with this philosophy of what would you give up to be fully alive. And ever since I read the book, I've been thinking daily about the importance of being fully alive. And I know that that's something that Trey not only preaches, but practices as well. His goal is life-altering moments, but it's also love. And I think you'll get a great representation of those two philosophies on today's conversation. Absolutely stoked for everyone to meet him. So let's go ahead and bring on author and so much more, Trey Humphreys. And let's learn. Where were you at? Santa Teresa, Malpais. Malpais. Down on the peninsula there uh, for a while. I think I'm going to go back next month because why not? Why, why not? not? There's no reason to grow up and get a real job. Pura Vida. Pura Vida. <laughs> for sure, man. I, I, I had been there in a while and, and it's, it, it's just as amazing as I thought it was. So. How are the – my first question when I think of Costa Rica, how are – the platanos, the plantains. I just love those. They're, they were so fantastic when I was there. They're amazing. Everything is amazing there. Um, the food and, you know, it was the right time of year. The weather, it was really good. <laughs> it was really good. Back in my backpacking days, I had only been over in the rainy season, which is fine. But this is not the rainy season. I was like, oh, man, this yeah. is really good, you know. Yeah. I'm excited to chat with you because you fit the perfect persona of someone who's just very well-rounded. Got a lot of different interests, and uh, I know we're going to 
have a great time. That's a complete illusion. That's <laughs> just an illusion. That's just my Instagram. I only post cool pictures on Instagram. I don't know. Well, I'm an advocate of that. Fake it till you make it. So maybe you're yeah. not there yet, but maybe eventually. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, I'm juice. I'm excited. I'm excited to do this. Chat. I had to start off. I had to start off by asking. You mentioned that it takes three drinks to get to know you. Now, what are those three drinks, and why do they summarize you as a person? Yeah, so this is an interesting story. So my buddy Garrett and I um, have been doing a lot of travel the past few years. He and I connected in Atlanta probably about four years ago. Uh, he had done some run some trips to Cuba, and I was trying to put together a little company to run trips to, uh, through Thailand, and so I. Got introduced to him through a friend. We had coffee. Well, long story short, next thing you know, he sees me in a coffee shop and he says, hey, hey, man, is there any chance you'd want to go to West Africa? <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, yes, I want to go to West Africa. And literally, and I shit you not, on my vision board that year, I create vision boards because I'm yeah. that kind of guy. I had the West African countries because I had been, you know, backpacked a lot of places and that just seemed like an impossible area of the world to go to, which really was. And so I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I mean, here's the deal. I set a goal to go to every country in the world and I got to go to the hard ones. I don't want to go alone. No one to go with me. Anyway, think about it. So I go home, immediately buy the ticket, send it to him. And he emails me back and he's like, holy shit, you do want to go. And so we went to West Africa and a whole bunch of other places. And when we were traveling, I noticed he always had ordered three drinks he'd have a coke and like a water and some other stupid drink and so we got talking about it and it hit me that to really know somebody you got to basically hang out with them three times and so okay. i always say if you grab a coffee you know grab a tea and then grab a cocktail then you'll know somebody right and, and then you'll give them a chance they'll have a chance to meet you so it's kind of like a a little thing where i encourage people to you know have three drinks with somebody to really get yeah. to know them. Yeah. Well, hey, let's make it a point that we have three drinks together. Because one hundred percent, I'm ready. 100%. All right. And we can maybe we'll skip the coffee because I'm not a coffee guy. We'll just go right to tea, and then maybe that makes two tequila drinks at the end. Is that is that fair? I, I think that's a fair <laughs> offer. That's a fair offer. <laughs> I have so many questions about West Africa, but I'll hold off till later. First of all, I want to talk about your book. Your book is Love Is Bananas. So, what's the premise and what inspired its creation? Yeah, man, that was a crazy book to write. It's my first book. And as you know, writing a book is that is an interesting thing. <laughs> and writing your first book is like, what in the hell? How? Yeah, why what? am I doing this? Why? Yeah. 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 So I started a blog a while back, kind of by accident. And then you always had on the bucket list, write a book. How cool would that be? And so the love is bananas. Uh, I'm kind of in a season of life right now where I'm trying to figure out love. And and interestingly enough, about seven years ago, I was kind of at a rock bottom place. I had a few businesses here in Atlanta and they were all doing shitty. And I was super depressed and single and just pretty low, to be honest with you. And uh, I was like, I got to I gotta do something. I got to figure this out. And so I hired a business coach to help me because I figured, well, business coach figure this all out, right? Don't go to therapy. Don't, you know, <laughs> dudes can't go to therapy and all this other bullshit I had in my mind. So I hired a business coach and he has a half day session where you come in and he workshops your businesses and all this stuff. So we get in there and we're about two hours into the, to the session and I just had low energy and I knew he could kind of sense that. And he's, you know, whiteboarding 
all my businesses and trying to figure out, you know, have you done this promotion and all this stuff? And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And so he got a little frustrated. And about two hours in, he's like, hey, why don't we do this? Let's take a break. I was like, thank God. He goes, why don't I grab some coffee and just for fun, let's do this. Why don't you write on the blackboard, what's your definition of love? I was like, oh, sure, I can do that. I mean, I can figure that. I can't figure out any of my businesses in my life, but at least I can answer that question. So I thought about it and I wrote my answer. And when I wrote my answer, I kind of took a step back and looked at it. I was like, oh, shit. And then he came in and looked at it and he was like, oh, well, maybe we'll, we'll start there. And I'd written, love is the worst hell on earth. <laughs> and when I wrote that, I mean, that is it. Everything in my life up to that point made sense when I wrote that. And it was like the biggest eye-opening question anybody had ever asked me, asked me. And so I was like, oh, it makes sense. You know, my childhood was, was a little chaotic and a lot of time my dad was an alcoholic in and out of my life. And, and, you know, I wanted his love so bad. And every time he would disappoint me, it was super painful. And then some other stuff happened, which was painful. So I, always, I just associated with love with pain. And I never knew that was the case until that dude asked me that question. And so since then, I, I decided, you know, it's going to be my journey to hopefully turn that around and figure out this whole love business because I think it's important. <laughs> I think that's what all the books say. That's what all the gurus say. And so it just took me on this journey. And the book is kind of the, the, the journey that I've been going on, asking people about it a little bit of my past and, and really what is love and you know, why is it so hard for a lot of us? Where do we get it wrong? And all of the things. So yeah, it's, 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 it's curious. I was super curious about it and the book evolved out of that. Yeah. Well, curiosity is one of the most important traits I think anyone can have. And I think love is a great subject to talk about because it's subjective and it's different for everybody. So I, I admire that. love that. Did you enjoy the writing process? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, perfect. I, he's honest. Yes. Yeah. It's like torture to sit down and write, but you know, yeah. I can get into the flow. Writing the book, oddly enough, was a little torturous because I signed up for this program through Georgetown where they take you, you know, through the whole process, which was awesome. And I started, I was like, okay, I got this idea where I'm going to go interview all these weird people around the world because I love to travel. I'm going to ask them what they think about love and all this stuff signed up for the program and then COVID hit and locked the world down. So I couldn't travel, but I was already in this program. So I had to pull some experiences from the past and I had to get real creative. So uh, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. And, um, but I did it and I got it out, which was, which I was, I was proud of. I'm hoping to write many more books um, right. in the future. That's awesome. I'm glad that uh, didn't deter you away. Talk to me about Say Something. It's another creative project you have. What can listeners expect from the episodes? So, yeah, so that's a little podcast project I started a little while ago, and I was just trying to get my, my feet wet uh, in the whole podcast space. And my whole theory on life is permission to be awful, right? And I, and I run some coaching programs and some, some other community stuff. One of the big things I push, man, is like, you got to give yourself permission to be awful because the first time you do anything, it's going to suck mm -hmm. and you're going to get discouraged. I wrote this book and the book came out and it's been a little discouraging because it's not as, it's not as good as I wanted it to be. Right. Cause I don't, it's my first one. And so the whole podcast thing is I'm going to just get in there and start talking to people and just 
get the reps in and see if this this goes somewhere. Um, so that's kind of where I am. I'm not as as good as you are and uh, as affluent as you are, but I've I've got a few under my belt. My whole goal was to get ten recorded episodes under my belt and then decide from there, you know, which way to take it. But I'm just yeah. curious about life and love and like. What's the deal, man? What's the secret? You tell me. You have got to know what yeah. the secret is. Well, I think curiosity might be the secret. And I think that, that is because actually, of that. That is actually true. That is, I'm going to write that down. And if that's the bedrock of your show, Say Something, then I think it's going to have unlimited possibilities. It's very interesting you say this. And I'll, I'll ask you. So it seems like you're an extrovert. Are you, are you an extrovert? I am, I, on the scale, I'm like 80% introverted. Really? <laughs> Holy shit. I'm a super introvert, right? And uh, I'm curious, but I'm not the kind of guy that goes out and talks to everybody about everything, right? And yeah. so I just guessed you might do that, but thank God. There's another one of me. Over time, it's maybe at one point I was extroverted when I was younger, and it's the, the scale has slid over. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I fake it as well, but I fake it as well. But afterwards, when I do talk to people in, in public engagement, it's always like, oh, man, you got to yeah. take a nap. <laughs> totally. So, totally. I, I feel you. But as far as curiosity goes, it seems like extroverts would have an easier path. But I guess we're both the same when it comes to curiosity. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. One thing that is it's amazing about you is that you're a former pro mascot, DJ, bar owner, so much more. I'm just curious when you are having these interactions with people across the world and they say, hey, what do, what do you do? Mm-hmm. What's your response? That's a great question. <laughs> and that is a question I have never had an answer. I swear to God, I've never had an answer to that, which is baffling to me. So, but, And you don't need one. You kind of do, though. You kind of, like, you, when somebody says, oh, so what do you do? You need to tell them something. <laughs> right. I guess it's more important. It's more important to have an answer than to actually have an answer. Be able to say that you have an answer might be more important. Yeah. Than yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know, I guess what I've said in the past is I'm an entrepreneur, even though I hate that word or, you know, I own some businesses in Atlanta. I've used that a little bit. Um, and now I sold all the businesses and now I'm just writing the book and doing some coaching and exploring the world and seeing what comes next. So I'm kind of in a transition period, to be honest. So when they're like, well, what are you doing? Like, well, fine, I don't know what I'm doing. You got any suggestions? <laughs> got any advice? Innovation comes from transition. So I think that's another thing that uh, it's those times of uncertainties when most innovation happens from the people I've talked to and people I've met. It's always those periods of doubt where they don't know the answer. That's where it makes you, yeah. makes you think. And I, I love those times. So this is an important time for you. How do you feel that each one of these unique careers that you've, you've been a part of, your, your life has not been linear, which I love. No. How do you feel that all those have shaped who you are now? Yeah, you know, I think the older we get, you start to see a through line in everything you do. But to your point, I haven't done anything. I went to school in college. I wanted to be a veterinarian. I didn't get into vet school twice. I was a mascot at college because that was fun. And then they, then it was a scholarship position, which was awesome. I didn't realize that when I became the mascot. Where'd you go to college? I went to Auburn oh, down here. In War Eagle, Warrior. okay. Yeah, War Eagle. You were, you were a War Eagle mascot? That is fantastic. Yeah, man. I was uh, Aubie the Tiger for wow. a few years down wow. there. Yeah. And so I, I didn't get into vet school. And then I was like, well, shit, what am I going to do? So I came home. I interned at the zoo. 
and took care of gorillas and orangutans, which is a whole nother podcast that we should have and talk about because that was insane. So I'm doing that thinking, what am I going to do? I was like, well, I was a mascot. So I started calling pro teams and uh, I was talking to a couple of teams and then the Falcons, Atlanta Falcons hired me. So now I'm the mascot for the Falcons. Wow. During that time, I, some friends of mine and I started a party bus company because we, we, we just had fun and made a little school bus look like a, like a pimp uh, car with fur and all this stuff, and it drove to Vegas and back. That turned into a business, and I just always, you know, if I'm interested in something, for some reason, I think I can do it and figure out a way to do it, which is a blessing and a curse. You know, there's linear careers that people have, which in my mind, grass is always greener. In my mind, they have security on and on and on. And then there's mine where it's like, okay, I'm going to try this limousine business and I'm going to try this restaurant business and the bar business and the event business and the travel business and all these things. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, most of them fail. <laughs> but, you know, I've always chased the shiny object and it's been fun and it's taught me a lot. And I think at the end of the day, my goal is to be able to look back and say, you know, I, I tried it all, you know, I might not have crushed it all and I might not, have, I've sacrificed some things to do those things, but it's been a fun ride. You know? We're one and the same when it's all said and done. It's like, I got some stories to tell. Right. And that's, that could be the, the biggest <laughs> accomplishment of all just to have some stories. You travel as much as possible. One of your philosophies is to ask, what would you give up to be fully alive? So I got to put it back on you. What did you give up? And why is this a question we must all ask ourselves? Oh my God, to be fully alive. What <laughs> it, God, that's like the best question of all time. This is, what this would is you, that graduate school at Auburn question, I think. I think. Oh my God, what would you give up? That's insane, right? So to be fully alive and in full disclosure, I know there's been moments where I've been fully alive, mm. right? And, and for me, I think life is measured in moments that you have. You'll never remember a day, but you'll remember a moment, right? Or you'll never remember a week, but you'll remember a moment. And it's interesting. When I travel, I often tell people I can go somewhere for two months or two weeks or a week. And there might be one or two or three or four moments during those trips where it's just like, oh, wow, this, everything is aligned. And I remember I was in Thailand one time guiding a group through and we were all over the place and there's like 12 people in the group and we had done all the islands we're on this little pirate boat with these guys and I'm kind of hanging off the back of the boat and we're driving over this area for the light up plankton and the weather's perfect and the sun was setting and a bunch of bats came out of somewhere and they flew overhead and I had a group of people that I was connecting with and I was like wow this is a like I'll never forget this moment. This it feels so amazing, right? So, I guess to answer your question, it would be like, what do I? What would I give up to have those moments? And I give up a lot to have those moments, right? Um, because with anything, you're sorry about the crazy sirens and stuff. That's just life. That's that's, just at, life. that's Atlanta. I'm sorry, Atlanta. That is Atlanta, man. It's crazy down here. Uh, but yeah, it's like you know, what would you give up to to step into what you love that's the golden age question because you know for me to travel as much as I do I give up finding a long-term relationship a lot of times or settling into a career right you know so 
it's the whole grass is always greener. So I don't know the answer to that question. I, that's a that's a great question. I'll have to ponder for for wow. many many weeks. And it might be one of those things where it's not it's not the answer. It's the search of the answer. That's the of the importance. It's it's the verb and not the noun. As long as you're looking for the answer, even if you don't find it, then you're succeeding. I think I think the the challenge many of us have in, here in America, especially, is we're too scared to give up the dollar to feel be fully alive you know and I, and I and I work with a lot of people that are stuck and kind of in transition in life and I'm like here's the deal if I could convince you to sell everything and travel the world for a year at the end of that I promise you everything will be okay <laughs> yeah. but you know that's that's a crazy idea because it costs money I'm not going to be making money you know and so to give up you know it's like somebody makes a hundred thousand dollars a year and you offer them 120 but you got to work 20 more hours and they're like, hell yeah. And it's like, really? Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I think the dollar is, is one that, that people struggle with a lot, which I get, I totally get. Well said. Got some rapid fire travel. Cause I know you've, you've lived many lives through, through your travel. So I want you to just think the first answers that come to mind and then maybe explain why they are. But the first one that comes to mind, start off with the easy one or which experience did you have that the food, you still think about the food you still wish, man, if only I could go back and get this to eat. What would it be? Okay. The first thing that I think about was I was in Zambia in the middle of Africa, northern Zambia, and I was in this chimpanzee conservation area helping build a school for a lot of the local village people that worked for this conservation area for the chimpanzees. And I was there for two weeks. And at the end of the weeks, the little village workers gave us a like going away dinner. There's five of us. And so we go to this little hut area and they just had like a little light bulb. So it was pretty dark. And you go down the line and these beautiful women were there with, and they brought their dishes of food, and, you know, in celebration of us helping build school for their kids. And I put my, some stuff on my plate, you know, I'm all about eating good, you know, whatever, I'll try anything. So I get back, sit down and it was a little dark. So I take a first bite and what I thought was pasta was caterpillars. Ooh. And, <laughs> and they were slimy caterpillars. I don't know how they make these caterpillars, but it was one of the most disgusting things I've ever had in my life. But I didn't, you know, I was just trying to bear it because I don't want to embarrass myself or be disrespectful to the amazing women that prepared this feast. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind. And the second is in Nigeria. They're famous for their spicy goat soup. And I, they just, all these dudes kept telling me, whatever you do, Get the local beer and some spicy goat soup. Get the local beer and some, all right, fine, I'll get it. So we go to this like this reggae house restaurant one night. It was like spicy goat soup and a beer. It's reggae bands playing and the power would come on and off because, you know, it's kind of yeah. like that over there. And I take a bite into the, into the soup and it is spicy. And the chunks of goat it still had the hair on them. Ooh. Like they left the hair on the. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if you've had that or not, but that was a first for me. And that was about the worst. Like, I'll never forget. I was like, why would they leave the hair on? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and so that was what comes to mind when you ask that question. How about, how about food related, but on the positive side, like something that you're like, I really want to have this again. Uh, I don't, dude, I don't know if it's the goat head soup for you. It's yeah, my favorite food, my favorite food ever is is fruit. So if I'm in Bali or any of the tropical places, it's just you know, fruit just grows there. It's like, oh my god, the bananas taste so much different when they're 
bam, right off the thing. Yeah. All the fruits do. The watermelon, everything. It's just yeah. insane. Okay. So like the, the fruit bowls and the fruit smoothies in, in those places, but curry is my favorite food that I eat all over the world. So in India, I had some Indian curry that was just like, this is, a, this is unbelievably amazing. So take me back there. Take okay. me back to, okay. to India or Nepal, or one of those places, and let's get some curry. Land- Man, that's good. Landscape or just outdoors and nature moment where you had to look to the person left or right and say, oh, my God, I can't believe we're here. This is spectacular. Yeah, man, it's sunsets for me. Sunsets on inter- on pretty beaches, which is kind of sounds cheesy, but mm-hmm. you go to some of these places, like the you know in Costa Rica on the beach, and the sunset there is like wow. It's just all the elements. the The air is a perfect seventy eight. You know, the sun is setting, so you can yeah. see it clearly. People, the sand, the ocean. It's just unbelievable, right? And I've experienced that in Panama and Costa Rica and other places. But that's it. That's the, that's the moment. If I could pick any moment in the world to be on, be on a beach okay. to watch the sunset. Wildest experience you've had with a local animal. Oh, with a local animal. Wildest experience. I caught a couple of sloths back in the day, which oh. I think it's illegal in Costa Rica. But when I was in Zambia, <laughs> when I was in Zambia, I was working at this massive conservation for chimpanzees. And so what they had was it was a huge farm of hundreds of acres. So they had a huge area, I don't know, like 30 acres where they take in chimpanzees that have been tried to be sold into the pet trade and all this other stuff. And they just let them go and they go back in the woods. So at the end of my two weeks helping build the school, the woman that runs the place was like, here's the deal. We don't do this, but we're going to let you get in with some of the chimps as a thank you for helping us. It's like, oh my God, this is amazing. She's like, all right, I'm going to put you with one of the guys, the groundskeepers or whatever. And you're going to go in there, just do what he does. Um, don't wear any jewelry, you know, don't wear anything that smells. And just hang out with them. And if they, you know, mess with you, just let them mess with you. It'll be fine. Now, these are massive animals, right? Yeah, the chimpanzee yeah. can rip a truck in half, basically. So I'm thinking, all right, cool. So I go in to this field with these four chimpanzees and then just this dude that has a stick. And I'm like, what's he going to do with that stick if things go south? Nothing. He's not going to do anything with that stick. He doesn't have a gun. He doesn't have like a darts or anything. I'm like, all right, cool. So they, they fill my, she fills my uh, pockets up with these little biscuits and cookies. So I go in there and they just come on me and they're eating the cookies and all this stuff. We're sitting in the grass these monster animals are right beside me. It was just so surreal, right? Because you're so close. And then we get up and did a bush walk where we walk with them through the woods, right? So we're walking through the woods and they're foraging for bugs and, you know, kind of going through the stuff. And there's three of them at this time. So we're kind of winding through the woods and there was a point where I turned a corner and was out of eyesight of the groundskeeper who was walking behind us. And the second I was out of eyesight, one of the chimpanzees grabs my, my foot and starts yanking me into the wood, deeper into the woods. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I remember the woman saying, if they try to take off your shoes, let them and all that stuff. So I'm thinking, and I got boots on, dude. I'm like, oh, my God, this is bad. So he's yanking me into the woods. I hit the ground. and I'm all right. And I kind of get back up. Then another one jumps on my back. So now I got one on my back. And then the other one's holding on my leg. 
The ones on my back starts messing with my head. The one with my leg lets go, and then he just grabs my pants, wham, rips my pants clean off. I was wearing camouflage pants. One swipe, wham, rips the whole things off. I'm like, oh, shit. About that time, the grounds guy turned the corner. They saw him, and wham, they just got right back in formation. Like nothing <laughs> happened. He's like, what happened? walking. And the dude was like, literally, what happened? I was like, what do you mean what happened? I was attacked by three chimpanzees. One of them ripped my pants off. And none of you guys, including the chimps, think anything happened. So that was like, that was was the the most heart-pounding experience I've had uh, in the woods with animals. I'm I'm having flashbacks to the movie Congo. Yeah, (laughs) it was crazy, dude. Crazy how smart they are. (laughs) What do you feel is the biggest lesson, most important lesson you've learned from the last year? Oh, dude, from the last year. What a time. Pandemic, shutdown. You know, I, I was um, excited when the world shut down, which is weird. Like, I, I, I wasn't making income, but I, I had to get creative. And I love when things get a little shaky and it forces us to get creative. A lot of people are fearful, and I get it. But for some reason, I'm like, oh, man, this is an opportunity. Yeah. There's an opportunity here. And, and I started a virtual program for people called 30 Day Adventure, where we just try different things and connect online um, every day just to help people overcome the, the craziness of the pandemic. And, and so I ran that whole program every month for a year. And so I kind of realized about myself, it's like, looking for opportunities in the chaos is a strength and I'm just super happy. I kind of have that mindset. I mean, I have a lot of mindsets I'm trying to work on that are not good, but having the one that, that looks for opportunity and adversity, I think is, is a, is a really good trait and muscle to build for sure. Uh, I, I feel like I could listen to that answer on loop. I admire it so much when you don't know the answer. And when it comes time for you to search through that chaos, what do you do? How mm-hmm. do you find the answer? ask i just i just I, i swear to god it's like and listen man i've had some dark times you know i'm 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 suffered depression and and some other things in my life and i'm an only child and i'm an introvert and i hide behind masks and i hide behind my humor and so i don't you know it's super hard for me to reach out and ask for help for anything but what i learned is when we don't know what to do or which way to go. We just got to ask for help, man. We got to, whether it's a friend, a mentor, a coach, a stranger, you know, I have a, a guy I wrote about in the book named Kevin Hines is a buddy of mine. And his story is really interesting because he's suffered manic depression and bipolar and all the things his whole life and tried to commit suicide several times, including a time where he, where he jumped off the golden gate bridge and survived. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, and since then, he, he's kind of turned it around and he, he's speaking and trying to do suicide prevention. But I was talking to him, you know, not long ago uh, for my book. And I was like, do you still get the thoughts, the, the harmful thoughts and the suicidal thoughts? And he said, yeah, I get them all the time. And I was like, well, what the fuck do you do? Like, what, how do you, what do you? And he goes, I have a rule where when I have those thoughts, I have to turn and immediately tell the person, the closest person to me that I'm having those thoughts even if it's a stranger. Whoa. I'm like, well, isn't that interesting? Yeah. And he goes, it's the, it saves me every time. And I'm like, what a lesson for the rest of us, man. We just got to ask for help. If you're stuck in a hole, 
like ask for somebody to help you pull you out. And so that's my, that would be my only advice and, and ethos, I guess. It's profound and it's accurate at the same time. I love it. Uh, what's next for you? What can we expect? Look well, I was hoping you had that answer for God's sakes. Listen, you've talked to all the people, you know, all the things you just tell me what's next. Uh, uh, okay. How about, how about December Kilimanjaro? Oh man, I could do that. Have you done that? First time be the first time aiming for like a new year's day summit. Great way. Oh, to wow. That's a pretty good idea, dude. And I'm looking forward to going when there's a new moon, so it's completely dark and seeing the stars from the tallest mountain in Africa. That's pretty sick. Yeah, so. Wow. Ponder it, ponder it you know, kick it around. I, 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 and that's the kind of stuff I love, man. I love, listen, I, you know, my purpose in life is, and I journal every morning. Good. Uh, it saves me, and I, I try to go back to my purpose because I overthink everything and I have too many ideas, and I never focus, so I have to use these tools to kind of get me grounded and all that. But my, I've come to the conclusion that this season in life, and perhaps forever, my purpose is to create life-altering experiences for people. And you want to talk about a life-altering experience, that's what you just told me about, which is, what else is there in this life? It's like someone to love and a grand adventure. What else do we need? It's like, Nothing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just hope to continue to, to create more adventures and and help people along the way if I can and connect people like you and, and stay curious, right? Stay curious and keep asking questions for interesting people. I'm liking you more by the minute. Uh, yeah, what brother. would be one of your adventures that I can tag along? What's one that you were like in the future? You, not necessarily you don't have a specific day, but in the future you'd like to do an adventure. Oh, man, what's on my bucket list? My number one on my bucket list is to get into the DRC, the Congo, the true, okay. what I call the real Congo. And okay. I've been been to the other Congo. I've been all around it. For some reason, I haven't been in it. But I want to go in there. I want to see a gorilla in the wild. That's okay. like my thing. Like, I got to do that before I go. But other than that, man, I'm ready to just go travel and check it out. You know, I think, like you probably understand, obviously – like for me, travel is the best therapy. It's the best school. It's the best <laughs> sales program. It's the best conflict resolution training. It's the best, all the things, right? And I just encourage other people, man, just, just try a little bit of it. Like get out of your normal environment for a hot minute just to breathe and just to see things from a different angle because um, it'll, it'll change you. For sure. So let's do it. Maybe I'll be at the at Kilimanjaro. We'll see. No, keep it, you know. Yeah, let, it simmer, let it simmer, let it marinate, you know. But if, if you have a better idea, uh, you let me know. And I'll, 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 I'm ready. Any, I think any, my anything travel, and everything. I think my future travels are never going to be go to Destination X. It's always do an activity in Destination Yeah, yeah. I think so that's the trick. Yeah. I think that's the trick. Have a purpose for the travel, right? Like. Yeah. In December, yeah. it was I wanted to ride a horse through the Sahara in Egypt. Oh shit. Did you? Scariest thing I've ever done. <laughs> oh my God. Really? Man, I was watching YouTube the other night and I watched a little YouTube click of this dude that did the train across the yeah. Sahara desert, which I, and I was like, well, now that sounds interesting. Yeah. So what was it like? Like how long were you? Well, they normally take them on the slow, like tour guide where it's like a you know, dude ranch where they go real slow and walk. But through translation, I said, well, I grew up on horses. So somehow that got back to like the second and third translator. 
He's like, are you sure? And I didn't, <laughs> didn't know exactly what I was saying yes for, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got it. So they bring out the one and we just, we just rocket through the Sahara and I'm terrified. There's no, there's no horn on the saddle they use. So there's nothing the whole uh -huh. lot doing. And he keeps kind of taunting me. He goes, ah, oh, you're afraid. And I'm like, no, I'm good. You know, and <laughs> <laughs> done this a million times in the desert oh, with these weird was, horse saddles I, it, was, it was so terrifying but it was again exhilarating and it was awesome, awesome. It was one of the coolest things i've ever done and you're seeing look you look forward you see the pyramids and the sphinx and you're like this is incredible i'm in the sahara riding a horse i'm galloping on a horse i might fall over and get paralyzed any second now but this is this is cool that's badass Super <laughs> ripped, ripped, badass. My, ripped my pants and that was might have been the worst part about it is i ripped my pants and they were the only pants I had at the time. So then the next day I'm wearing shorts, which is a big, 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 big no-no in, uh, in Egypt as well. Oh, yeah. 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 So were, I was getting, uh, getting shunned here and there because I was wearing shorts at the airport. So. Devil man. He's yeah. the devil man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And I look forward to, look forward to the next one, where, whatever yeah, it is man. and wherever it may be. So, Badass. I love that. How can people stay up to date with your life and follow more? And how can they find the book? I don't know. There's a website. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this website. If you have, I apologize, but it's called Amazon.com, I think, ah. like the river. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was all this time I've been using .org, and that's why nothing yeah. showed up. They've been getting yes. all my money, but no, nothing is right. I think you can buy things. No, the book is on Amazon.com, and I'm Trey Goes Global on all the social media and everywhere. Or I do have a uh, – my website is IamTrey.com. I forgot about that which I put my blogs and all what's going on. So yeah. And uh, if anybody's out there listening, I'd love to connect. I just like talking to people and, you know, as an introvert, I like the one-on-one -on -one like this. This is a well, whole I'm, lot I'm better gonna, than a cocktail party with a thousand people. I'm going to amplify and augment this, this conversation right now. And that click you heard, which you didn't hear a click, but just click, imagine it. That was just purchased your book. So there it is. Oh, oh boom. Guys. Look at that. Oh. Imaginary purchases. Cheers. Yeah, so some water. Went with the Kindle edition, but I need something for the gym when I ride the bike. So just ordered that awesome. right now. Uh, Thank I'll, you, brother. I'll, I'll read that it. immediately. So, What's your next book? Uh, the um, one I'm writing right now is The Importance of Uncertainty. Ooh. And it's from all the, the conversations I've had that everyone I meet, Olympians, authors, whoever it is, it's those periods where they don't know what they're doing. Right. That are the most profound, important things in their life. Those periods when, when someone's broke and doesn't know when the next meal is going to be, or that uh -huh. periods when they fail out of school. Those are the most important things in all of our lives. But we're taught that not knowing is a bad thing. In school, it's like, who knows the answer? And if you don't know, you're like, I don't know. And like, we're taught that you got to always know, and you got to always know, and you got to know. But it's the times not knowing that are so invaluable. So that's, that's so what, what do you keep hearing that they do? What, like, what's a, what's a, do they there's, just, there's no standard answer, but it's always, simple like you said ask questions or just think mm -hmm. talk to people but it's just mm -hmm. it's making it an active thing like i'm not going to shy away from this i'm going to yeah. take it on head on there's different ways of doing it but i think the important thing is not not being ashamed and not being not hiding from it just like yeah. not quitting not saying why me just like all right i don't know what i'm gonna do but i'm gonna figure it out it's a lot like when people climb everest or whatever it may be they say i don't know how i'm getting up there but you take the first step yeah, yeah <laughs> i was just thinking when as you were talking i was like move forward yeah. Move. If you can't pick a, just pick a direction, move forward. You can always change it. Just move forward. Cause we just get paralyzed a lot of times. Like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And then we stop and just, no, just move forward as you're trying to yeah. and figure I think out the next turn. We expect a linear approach. We expect the diagonal, like, Hey, everything's continuing, you know, everything. It's not always like that. And when it doesn't happen, it's okay. It's okay if it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I live kind of by the philosophy I've learned over the last few years is that it, it's like boiling water. 
If I sit there mm -hmm. and had a cup and it boiled at one degree every day, you would never see change. But on that 212th day and it starts to boil, mm -hmm. like, wow. So it's just over time. It's just the habits, those daily habits. Badass. That's my philosophy. I, I love it. I love it. I think we have the same philosophy, same ethos. Yeah. Same ethos. Well, cheers. I'm, I'm uh, honored you had me on here. And, uh, I had a great time. This was awesome. Uh, wish you the best of success. And, All right, yeah, man, keep me posted. I know you're busy, but thanks for today, man. This was great. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. Thanks, man. I'll talk soon. See you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Trey. Scoop up his book on Amazon, Love is Bananas. And for more information, visit IamTrey.com. My new book? Curiosity is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from any given runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son.